Thank you for listening to Cafecito with us. I'm Sarah. And I'm Diana. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. So in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about our college experience and how we actually decide to um, go to the schools that we end up going to and also majors. So, so sure. I mean, yeah. So I never actually visited any of the schools that I applied to. Me neither. So I applied to all in-state schools. Um, Given family situations, it was just easier for me to stay um, in-state versus going out. And I commuted. Um, But I never actually did much research into the schools. I just saw what was available and followed suit and what everyone else was doing. Honestly, like – the college exposure for me was all whatever brochures were in the guidance counselor. Yes. Yeah. Like, and honestly, like you would see like the pictures, like, oh, that was like a nice school, but there was no one in my family had gone to college. So it's not like they were giving me advice. My mom was just always like, Montclair is so nice. Like what a nice township. And um, my mom doesn't drive. So we would take the bus a lot and we would take the bus up to the mall to Willowbrook. And we, the bus drives past MSU. Mm. And forever, like, my mom would be like, this is such a nice school. You can totally go to this school. And me being not rebellious because I wasn't very rebellious, but I was like, no, mommy. Like, I don't – no, 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 no. And then Mm -hmm. I ended up going to MSU. I applied. It was a state school. I saw that – I was very – I've always been very practical Mm -hmm. in my choices. Um, So when the time came, I applied to Rutgers, New Brunswick, Rutgers, Newark, Montclair Mm -hmm. State, C.N. Hall, and I think Kane. University where my I applied because obviously applications were expensive too. So yeah. it was like I really need to yeah. maneuver my Abercrombie and Fitch salary at the time working part time. You worked there? Oh my I god! Did. I worked at Hollister in high school. I can't. I worked at Jersey Gardens. Me too. Did you? I took no. the bus. Me too. How did we not know this about each other? Maybe oh we ran god. into each other and we didn't realize that we ran into that each other. So but yeah, so it was like let me take my seven fifty an hour. <laughs> hourly rate and see how I can pay for my college apps and like I remember looking for the early application it's like oh if you apply early it's half or like you don't pay so I did a whole bunch of that and it was not online application at the time remember no we're talking 2008 so wow yeah I I applied to only schools in New Jersey as well um not necessarily state schools I think I did apply to like Rutgers I don't remember if I applied to MSU, Montclair State, but Drew, I ended up going to Drew University. That was like, I think like the best of the, yeah. oldest, the five schools. I didn't even know I, Drew existed. Yeah. It was in the brochure. I didn't know about <laughs> it either. I had never, first of all, I'd never heard of Madison, New Jersey. Like I had never yeah. been there before. Um, again, I saw the brochure and I was like, oh, this school looks nice. Applied. I ended up going there because they gave me the most financial aid. Like, that was the sole reason and deciding factor for me. Speaking of, I didn't even realize how financial aid functioned. Mm. So it was literally probably fairly recently, so I've been out of college for a long time, that I realized that you could negotiate these packages and, like, Mm. see the comparison of. I didn't know that. Yeah. I – went to so it was I got I didn't get accepted to Rutgers neither of the campuses really? yeah I got in but they didn't give me a good 
I didn't even get in. I didn't get in. (laughs) I didn't get in. Um, Kane University accepted me. CN Hall accepted me. MSU accepted me. Rutgers did not. And yeah. So, but like, it was really interesting because so I was not a good student. I wasn't a bad student, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't a stellar student. Like, Mm -hmm. I think the perception was that I was like straight A. I was not. I was not. So a lot of my classmates in high school applied to MSU who got – who had like really high GPAs and didn't get in, but they got into Rutgers. I did not have a high GPA. Like I think my GPA was like 2.9. Like I I did not have a 3.0 GPA. I applied myself and did what I was supposed to, but I was not – a good student. Like I was average and I never tried hard enough mm-hmm. is basically like what my vibe was at the time. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, people that were having – that had great grades and were like in AP courses, some of them didn't get into MSU and I did. And I was like, well, I'm going to MSU. Mm-hmm. And not to – not I had the best experience at MSU, so I'm not downplaying it at all. But like I didn't make an informed decision. The first time I saw the mm-hmm. campus was when after I accepted the – the um, after I agreed that I would mm-hmm. go to MSU and I did they, – they had an open house. That's when I went with my mom and my dad oh. to the school. But I never saw it before. Same. I mean, it was the same for me. I actually almost went to Ramapo. Oh! Yeah, like I had gotten a pretty good package, financial aid package from them. My best friend was actually going there. So we we're like, yeah, we're going to be roommates. Um, and then Drew responded so late. Like oh. it was the last like response that I got in terms of school. So I had already decided I was going to Rappo. I'm pretty sure I even went and like took like some exam because I remember being on the campus um, for something. I oh, like, I took a test too at MSU. Right? There was like a test. A placement. placement. Right? I don't know if it was for math or English. Yeah, I think it was for both. Well, for me, it was for both. Yeah. (laughs) It might have been for both for me, too. But, um, yeah, and then at the last minute, I, I, like, pulled out of Rambo because I got a Drew acceptance letter with much more financial aid. Yeah, and I got in through Drew, I will say, through the Educational Opportunity Fund. Okay. I didn't. I wasn't EOF at MSU. When people looked at me, they thought I was EOF. But No. There was no, only like and I don't know us. why, because like yeah. I totally should have been EOF. Um, my friends were EOF, mm-hmm. um, but no, I, I wasn't. And I mean, when I went to see the school, I remember being in the backseat of my dad's Honda with my mom and my dad, and they were like, "We didn't even know how to get there." <laughs> like I'm from Kearney, it's not far. I tell you how we arrived. It's not we were- far, <laughs> but like, talk about new experiences mm-hmm. as a family, oh, yeah. right? Like, so it's the three of us, new experiences as a family. And I remember pulling off of Valley Road into the university and it said, welcome class of 2012. And my dad's very quiet. Like my dad doesn't express that much. He's more like on a personal, he won't say it out loud in the mm-hmm. car, but my mom is much more vocal. And she's like, ay, que lindo, Sara, que orgullo, que felicidad. Like my mom is just like glowing. She is just like, yes, we're doing this. And I remember pulling in and feeling so proud of myself, but also being super afraid that this was all happening so quickly. Because yeah. I was just in high school and now all of a sudden mm-hmm. I'm going to college and I felt like such a big girl at the time. And I remember pulling in and just like walking around and being like, 
wow, this is great. Like, I made it to college. Yeah. Not that I ever doubted it because it was always like, you're going, oh, yeah. your, your school yeah. is extremely important. But like, I had no idea what was about to happen to me when starting school. Yeah. Same. Like, oh my God, when we went to the campus, first of all, my parents having a car was a luxury. So, yeah. you know, my mom being a truck driver, like that was the car, like yeah. the 18, like the huge truck. So Stop. my experience was pulling up to Drew, a small liberal arts college in Madison, New Jersey, when at the time the school was less diverse than it is now. So it's predominantly white. And yeah, my mom pulled up with her Hell giant yeah. truck. And of course, they probably thought we were like a vendor supplier dropping it. <laughs> <laughs> and that, it was so embarrassing. Now that I think about it, like I was were slightly you? embarrassed. I was just like, oh my God. But it was so normal. Like, yeah. Because even like volleyball practices, like that's how I got dropped off, like in the truck. Like it was just, that was the car. Like you couldn't yeah. afford um, you a know, car. You, you, you work, could afford it. Your work, like, yeah, your work car was the car for everything right. else. So anyway, so that's how we pulled up to Drew. It was Where did you park? In the first parking lot because there was no way we were going to fit yeah. through the little roads yeah, yeah, that yeah. normal cars would go to. So it was, yeah, it was security guard was just like, what is going on? And for move-in day, because I did end up dorming, it was the same thing. The giant truck. Well, I mean, you had all the space in the world. So, so you're kind of tiny dorm. Here comes this Ecuadorian family in a truck. Oh my god! Yeah, holy crap! <laughs> that was my experience. So, um, oh my gosh! But yeah, no. So it was beautiful, beautiful campus. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Newark, so obviously, you know, city so much different. Yeah, than, like, it was just like so green and like so many yeah. trees and like colonial. It was just so like strikingly different. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, I mean, with MSU, I again. I lucked out. Like a lot of things in my life, I've really lucked out with my choices. Like I wish I could say I was like the most informed and like would research and like knew what she was getting into. I had no idea. I was just like, yeah, sure. I'm going to MSU. I got – I had to apply for FAFSA, which at the time was like they were transitioning into the electronic form, but my guidance counselor had paper form. So getting all that information, figuring out – how to how to apply for FAFSA and their 20 page like mm-hmm. document and get acquiring like my parents income form income tax forms and all of that like it was such a it was such an odyssey in and I remember I had to be like such an advocate for myself and not that like my parents didn't know what was going on. They knew because I had, I communicated with them and I told them like, this is what I need. This is what's going on. And they were like, Nikita, whatever you need, Mm -hmm. we'll do it. It's fine. But like, it was always up to me to figure out what I needed. Mm -hmm. So in turn, it's made me an extremely responsible person and having to, in these exercises at a young age, um, but yeah, I mean, I had my stuff in on time, my applications on time, like no one needed to hassle me to like get things done. Sorry, I clapped. Um, no one needed, I talk with my hands. So I'm like, um, no one needed to hassle me to get things done. Like I knew yeah. that my only responsibility in life was to like go to school, yeah. do what I was supposed to and be extremely responsible and not get in trouble. And that's exactly what I did. So I remember that aspect of it was, super it was hard like 
not having anyone to go to yeah. to help and even guidance counselors oh like not not counselors. yeah like not that they don't mean well i honestly can't remember the conversations with my guidance counselors but i don't know if that says something or doesn't say anything about it but i think that i was deeply misunderstood and i really just needed to figure things out for myself and it was a really stressful time yeah. Looking back at it now, I just didn't realize it was stressful. Now that I have the tools to reflect, mm-hmm. I can see that it was a stressful time. No, you definitely have to have like, and the same thing with me, it's like you had to have the initiative. Like you know, yeah. your parents will support you, but they don't know better, right? They don't understand the system. So you yeah. really had to, you know, take initiative, lead the way. With me, you said guidance counselor, and I just like brought like so many memories. Unfortunately, my guidance counselor really tried to dissuade me from going to Drew. Really? Um. Yeah, to the point that, you know, she made a comment like, you know, she named like all these students that had applied the year before yeah. me and that they hadn't gotten in. And so huh. she was like, you know, you really should apply to some safety schools. Interesting. So, yeah. So she really tried to dissuade. And I was like, I just need you to sign off this paper. And I was always like, That's when I, right. when they I wanted a sign something, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'm like, yeah, I don't really care for your opinion because this is something I want and I just need you to yeah. sign the paper. Typical day. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So so that That's was right. my they have experience to sign and off. it's like it's hard because you have to deal with your parents you know, yeah. not knowing and sometimes they will even discourage you oh like apply somewhere else but the guidance counselor that was yeah that was a blow. Like, That's I really interesting. Like I don't um, – I rem- you saying they had to sign off. That's right. They had to sign off or send something mm-hmm. in and, like, you needed to get your recommendations. I remember her having a template to help us, like, fill out our application. So it was it was helpful. Like, I, I – that was – I just didn't have a lot of conversations with her. But it, it was helpful and I remember – the, the conversation was, as soon as you get accepted somewhere, give us a copy. Bring in the letter. We'll make a copy and mm-hmm. we'll put it up. And I remember there was this wall where, like, you could see where everyone got oh, accepted. Nice. Um, but, like, my high school, everyone was diverse. Like, everyone spoke mm-hmm. to – everyone was bilingual. Mm-hmm. We understood a third language. So it's, like, very Portuguese, very Spanish. So, like, those who spoke Spanish understood Portuguese. And those who spoke Portuguese understood Spanish. And, like, we would order our food locally in those languages. So, like, I – it was very normal to have these bicultural kids in this Mm -hmm. space. Um, So that's all we knew. Yeah. My high school, honestly, was, like, predominantly black um, and brown. I mean – there yeah. was certainly like a Hispanic representation, some Brazilian, a few. When I say white, it was like Portuguese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was my white experience yeah, as was, well. It was it was built predominantly like a black, black and brown school. Um, so yeah, so Drew was just a completely different experience. Too. Yeah, like it was just predominantly white, and I was one of the few Hispanics. In the yeah, I mean, as was I. I. Yeah. As was I. Like, I remember starting at MSU, I cried. Like, I was so – like, driving to school my first day. So I shared a car with my dad. So I would drop – I would get up super early. And I would drop my dad off in Munaki at the time. And then I – Started driving fairly young, but like again, our car was like the one car we had. I didn't have my own car. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it was our one, like that was our means of getting places. Like it was just not like, oh, we have a car. So we're just everywhere. It was like need it when you needed it, you used it. So I would get up early, leave my dad at work. And then, you know, he would send me off. But at my first day, I dropped my dad off. And I remember I left him and I was so scared. Like I was so nervous. And I took the back way to MSU from Unaki. So like basically it took me like an hour <laughs> instead of taking oh the highway. Um, up of 17. Yeah. <laughs> so I took 17 to 21. Like I could have taken 17 uh, to 20 to three and all the way down. But I was like, no, I got to get off in 17 in Lyndhurst and drive straight like back roads because yeah. I was afraid. That lasted three days. And then I was like, dad, I need to, I need to take the highway. Like I'm not taking 45 yeah. minutes to go to school. But I cried. I cried on my way to school. And my first class was at 830 in the morning was a psychology class. I remember parking and just standing in line to get in to my lecture and crying. I'm a very sentimental person, so of course I was crying. I was crying because I was so proud of myself. Like, I could not believe that this was happening to me. Mm. You were scared, excited. I was crying. scared. I was excited. I was crying. I was proud of myself. I was, I was overwhelmed with emotion. And also it was like I always wanted to make sure that I did right by my parents. I had this like perception that I needed to do the best that I can in mm-hmm. all these spaces and not waste time, resources. Mm-hmm. Like I needed, if I was in school, I needed to be in school and do what I was supposed to do. I remember walking into my class and looking at everyone. It was like an explosion of different people yeah. of, from different walks of life. And I was just like, <laughs> who is le- like, and you're alone. Yeah. You're alone. Like you don't know anybody. Yeah, you're- new in the space and and even if you did know people who went to the school they're in different classes yeah. like you you, you, you were like, I, I mean I like had no group. idea like my first class was like a lecture and it was 100 kids 100 kids 18 year olds oh or whatever goodness. and I just remember being so overwhelmed and being like wow yeah I'm here meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile our classes were small like there are classes where I had like six students oh that so is- you stood out like yeah cultural shock again but you're saying like your first class you remember so i honestly cannot remember the first day because as an eof student yeah we had to go didn't you start in the summer early yeah Yeah. so that's what i remember yeah yeah, yeah. summer like it was summer school like intensive yeah summer school and the whole point of the, the design of the program is so that you can transition yeah into what college is like yeah so it was like they like squeeze i don't know if it was six weeks eight weeks to be honest i can't remember how long it was um but they crammed in like six weeks or whatever it was a whole semester and so you had to get yeah up to speed in terms of reading doing homework because whoa if you think about it though it's because they they selected kids that were from quote-unquote disadvantaged backgrounds yeah and so they wanted to best prepare you to transition to college right no no I mean which I totally I I mean I get it which I was fine because it was I mean it was helpful to me and then you yeah. got credits for those classes oh obviously okay you passed. right I think sort of the almost a little problematic element when when I think about it now is they definitely gave us classes for sex ed which is presumptuous. right yeah like I remember like um they gave us etiquette classes. Oh my and it god! Entailed, like where um, the utensils and dining when you go out to eat are located. Like here's the salad fork. Here's this on your left is your drink. All of it. So it was to that level. So that was such an impression. Now in retrospect, it's like wow, they really thought we were from. I'm speechless. 
God knows where. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I can't remember my first day of like actual class in the beginning of the semester. Well, like I'm sure that when the program was yeah, created, definitely. they were probably like with the best intention. Oh, but yeah. like now that we're grown, we know that sometimes with the best intention, there's if you don't have representation at the table for someone mm -hmm. to ease. Like if there would have been someone like you now welcoming you and say, hey, so we're going to do these classes because you are going to get invited yeah. to all these dinners. You are, you're coming yeah. here for an education. You're going to be invited and you're going to be culturally immersed into a, maybe a different space than you're mm -hmm. used to. But we want to make sure that our community <laughs> that, that drew, you know, or yeah. like whatever is represented well. And we just want to put you forward with like the best resources and yeah. tools. Same program. Mm -hmm. Different they, way yeah, of approaching it. It definitely meant well. It's just, yeah, in retrospect, slightly offensive. But also, I know that I learned. Like, so I'm right. not going to say, like, oh, I knew there was, like, you know, like, 10 utensils and they're all for different things because you don't eat like that in my house. <laughs> right. Right? It just goes to show you, though, like, right, like, what you're exposed to and I mean, it classism and all yeah. of that complexity. Yeah. But, yeah. Hey, it's the real world, unfortunately, yeah. that we live in, right? Mm -hmm. So, like. And the fact that you're subjected you know, to fit Interesting. in that way, but yeah. No, I got thrown in. I didn't have any prep over the summer. My biggest struggle when starting was not so much time management, but just like I did have to catch up with the reading and the writing. Mm -hmm. And if I'm being honest, like to this day, I still second guess myself in the writing mm -hmm. aspect of it because I got thrown into it and – I just felt so overwhelmed. Like I just remember undergrad being great in the social aspect of it. Like I met the greatest people. I had great conversations. I learned about myself. Like developmentalized for yeah. me as a person, fantastic. Academically, again, struggling. Like struggle city from high struggle school. Struggle city. <laughs> I like that. Struggle city from high school into college, like – my GPA, I, the choosing of the major, Yeah, I was a linguistics major. So basically. Yeah, how did you end up choosing that? Uh, guidance counselor. So I was a sophomore. You have to choose your major by sophomore mm -hmm. year. And I went to the counselor just to get some guidance, but I didn't really get any guidance. Um, but at the time I thought, Adults know better and they know more than me. So I trusted adults. Like I trusted my mom and my dad because they always had my See, best. I was always defiant. So I was like, okay, you know, this person is mm -hmm. sitting here behind a desk in his office. He knows what he's talking mm -hmm. about. This is his job. He obviously cares. Mm -hmm. So I remember going in and saying like, okay, I need to choose a major, you know, by the end of this year so I can start. And he was like, okay, so what are you interested in? And I was like, well, I like helping people. And he was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, I think I want to do speech pathology. I think I want to yeah. be a speech therapist. And he was like, okay, so you could either choose psychology as a major or linguistics. And I was like, okay. He goes, do you know what that is? And I was like, well, I kind of know what psychology is. And he goes, and I go, I don't know what linguistics is. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, it's a study of language. And I was like, study of language? I was like, okay. He goes, yeah, there's too many people in psychology now. So why don't you just take linguistics? Oh, wow. And I was like, okay. Handed me the paperwork, signed off on linguistics, put it in the computer, done. I was a really? linguistics major. 
biggest mistake. Oh, no. Biggest mistake. I mean, you'll have to I mean biggest mistake. <laughs> the whole story the class, I mean, there was like a, a major of 15 of us. Great. I mean, like, uh, I think it was a collaborative yeah. effort that we all passed. Like, our diploma should have all our names on it oh, because wow. it was a collaborative effort. The classes, it was like the study of sentence structure and oh, like goodness. syntax, semant- semantics, phonetics, phonology. Like, wow. My GPA dropped. I had to take classes again. Like it was, it was brutal. It was brutal that I was like, I'm in it now. Like, what am I supposed to do? No, by the time. So, no, no. Like at that point, so at that point, I had. You're halfway through. I'm halfway through. And I'm like, I'm not going to prolong this. Yeah. Yeah, I think so for me. Like, I just remember. It was like a professor, an econ. So I majored in economics. I dull majored actually, dull majored economics and fine arts, and mm-hmm. I had a minor in French. Mm-hmm. So I was super ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, it was an economics professor when I was taking one of my general ed requirements that would always write like in my blue books whenever we had exams. Yes, 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 yeah, yes, yes. Like he would always write on them like comments like, have you considered an economics major yet? Wow. He's like, you're so good. Because I would always do There's really always great well. professors. Yeah. I had great professors too. I would too. always yeah. do really well in the, in, the, in the exams, but also in class. Like I was yeah. the one student um, that always challenged everyone else. Yeah. So like, you know, pro-capitalist society. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But it's and I always be the one to be like, but it's not working for everyone. Like right. those models are great. I was like, but it doesn't work, right. especially like where I grew up and like yeah. my background. I was just like, it's this is this is great and like I get and I understand everything. I was like, but how come there's so much inequity, right? Right, and how come there's so much economic disparity? So yeah. I was always that person. People even coined me like a little socialist, yeah, which I don't identify that way. Yeah. But like it was just like I was always challenging the status quo because it. In my eyes, I'm like, it just doesn't work based on my lived experience. Yeah. Right. Um, but actually, I think I was also really good at economics because I had actually done two summers. Um, I did like a program in high school. It was called the W.E.B. Du Bois okay. Summer Scholars Program. And I actually dormed at Princeton University for two summers and did like a business academy. So, you had exposure. so there was like, yeah, so it was exposure. And it was like all these. You, you know, university exposure. professors yeah. teaching us about black psychology, economics. I mean, like, so you were exposed, which so, yeah, is, so that I makes had, sense. So I had that background <laughs> and it made me, I guess, that much better in class. Yeah. Um, but I generally learned um, a lot more, obviously, I drew. And then, like, as yeah. I said, I was really vocal. And so I think that also the professor was just like, yeah, you, you should really major in this. And honestly, it was that nudge. That I was like, all right, I'll, I'll think about it. And I, I mean, ended up majoring in economics. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So you had exposure. I – okay, so you were much more profound than I. Again, <laughs> again, no, like my biggest concern in undergrad was like that the guy like didn't wear socks that I could see <laughs> his – like no show socks were a thing. Like if you had socks that I could see, I didn't like you anymore. And my best friend can, yeah. can attest to that. No, so, like, that see, was, like, I my big... what bad socks are like right now. <laughs> no show socks. But, like, the, I didn't... I had these profound thoughts, but I didn't have anyone to share them with because I was in a, I was in a major that was not what I should have been in, right? So, like, I felt very lost, mm. but I was in it, and I had great friends within the major, so mm. it was great, but we... 
like joked around about yeah. like linguistic stuff and it was a joke and all that. But so my f- switch of it all, because I am not, you know, I was a linguistics major and I had two minors, one in Spanish and one in cognitive science. I liked both my minors. My major, I was like, I'm in this, I'm in it, whatever. Um, But I actually had exposure to a health department when I was a sophomore that summer, I think, after I chose my major. Mm. Um, So I was going into junior – no, I don't remember. Summer of 2009. Um, I had a summer internship at the Philadelphia Department of Public Health. Nice. And I was shadowing nurses and I was doing data input and I was just like – in a public health space. And that was – I've never been in a space like that before. Mm-hmm. So shout out to my cousin Veronica who was like, you're in, in college now and you have no money to pay for your ticket to go to Ecuador <laughs> for vacation. Like those days of going on vacation, quote unquote vacation by yourself, over. Like what are you going to do for the summer? Yeah. She lived in Philly and she's like, come. Was she working? Yeah, she works in Philly too. So she's like, come hang out with me over the summer. It's a two-month – I need – you know, they need an intern, mm-hmm. apply, get it done, and do it. So I did, and I got paid, and it was, like, this great experience, and I got to meet the nurses, and, like, it was – I was in the immunization department. Mm-hmm. So I remember being in the elevator with my cousin Veronica, and I was like, I really like this, but I'm a linguistics major. And she was like, huh. She goes, don't change your major. Don't do that. You're going to prolong your – and she's like, honestly, your undergrad doesn't even matter. I was like, What? So she's so she has her master's degree. Mm-hmm. She has her master's in public administration. Um, and she was like, just get your master's. And I was like, my master's in what? And she's like, you can do public administration. You can do public health. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what would public administration entail? She was like, well, I do a lot of logistical stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. I was like, what's logistics? <laughs> Mind you, I'm like, I'm like, what's logistics? So she explained it. And she's like, and public health is much more like – in the weeds of what we do here, less logistical and more like in it. And I was like, I really like this. Like, I really, really like this. She's like, so just get your master's degree. I'm like, oh yeah, why not? I'll get my master's degree. (laughs) And literally on our way to lunch, that's when I decided I would get a master's degree. Wow. There was no research. Like, I wasn't like, well, let me see what would easily influence. I am very, well, people that I trust and like, it's like, and I knew, and and it was just some time – I think what I needed was more so the – not permission, but just like this, there's a world out there, yeah. here this is. And because I was like, okay, public health, great, done. I didn't look to see if that was a transferable skill. Mm-hmm. I didn't look to see if that would be marketable yeah. 10 years later. I didn't look into any of it. I go back and then junior year – yeah, I think it was junior year – I was prepared to start applying and looking into graduate school. And I knew that linguistics wasn't going to be my thing, but I needed to finish it and do the best that I could. So then I decided I'm going to get my master's in public health. I went straight through. Yeah, I went straight through. I mean, your stories just go right to show that having those mentors, networks that can really guide you can make all the difference. Well, it's exposure. It's exposure. (laughs) And it's exposure. Like – I don't know what – I mean, I don't know what I would have done that summer. I probably been, would have been at the shore like, a couple times. I yeah. probably would have been working. You know, I would have done something. But I don't think that was a life-changing yeah. experience. And I didn't even realize it while it was happening. 
And, you know, I applied to graduate school. My GPA was 2.75 in undergrad. I applied to graduate school and I remember typing out my at my um, essay for graduate school and I remember crying through it because I was like, someone just give me a chance. Like my GPA <laughs> is crap. Someone give me a chance. And I remember crying about it. And like, I cry all the time, but like, <laughs> so I got accepted to MSU graduate, you know, MPH program as a deferred student. Basically, I don't think, I don't know if you know what that means. I don't think you've ever been accepted as a deferred student. So basically what it means is you have one semester and you have to have a 3.0 GPA. Oh, wow. If you don't have a 3.0 GPA, you're out. Mm -hmm. You're out. You've paid for a semester, but we no longer want you in the program. So I was like, oh boy, I've never had a 3.0 GPA. I don't know if I'm smart enough. So like I never mm -hmm. thought of myself as a smart person. I didn't classify mm -hmm. myself in that in that space. So when I get accepted into my deferred, you know, and I was like, well, I'm taking it. Like, I don't care if it's deferred or not. Like, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to do this. Like, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And then I started taking my classes and that's when I started engaging more, talking. Like, and like I was like, you. oh, here are similar people with ideologies. Mm -hmm. This is where I meant to be. And wow. suddenly my grades, fantastic. I think I had like a 3.2 GPA by the end of that semester. And I was like, hey, I'm actually smart. Yeah. Like I actually – Of course you're smart, yeah. I actually know, but I just words, didn't yeah. – I didn't know for years. Like we're talking mm -hmm. years. I, it took me until I was like 21, 22 to realize mm -hmm. that I actually was smart. <laughs> wow. It's so funny. So I have actually a master in public administration mm -hmm. from the Lund School of Economics. And my specialization was international economic development. So I guess I, I, I don't want to say I classified myself as smart, but I always had really good grades. Yeah, and I would my classify G you as smart. My yeah. GPA in undergrad was a 3.8. Yeah. And <laughs> so let's see. So I ended up going, I knew I, I always knew I was going to get a master's degree. I wanted one. Um, but yeah, I graduated from Drew and I, we could do a whole other podcast about like jobs because I struggled so hard despite yeah. going to good school, despite yeah. getting the good grades. And that just goes to show you, right? Um, networks matter. Yeah. And who yeah. You know, to get jobs. But anyway, so I struggled. Um, and at the time I was like, I'm not earning enough with a bachelor's degree. And I, as the older yeah. sister, which again is another podcast, another like thing. I had to help you know, my family and my siblings financially. So I was like, I got to get a master's degree so I, my earning potential could increase. Yeah. So my yeah. dream school was LSC, like okay. the School of Economics. Um, and I was like, this is probably going to be a long shot because it's like so competitive. But I was like, there's one thing about me, like if I want something. Yeah. And I've always said this to my siblings, like you have to believe it's yours before it yeah. happens. Like yeah. you have to know I deep down, that. like smell it feel it taste yeah. it, like it's yours and so I've always been like that um for a lot of things in my life and it has thank god worked out for me yeah but um I remember like when I went to like get recommendations from like professors and even like advice about like hey what do you think about me going to the school they all told me you need to apply to safety schools like I would look at other schools other MPA programs in the yeah. U.S. like that's gonna be really competitive and hard for you to go there <laughs> and like I said to you, I'm so defiant. I was like, yeah, yeah you watch me. Yeah. I ended up sending these yeah. professors um, postcards from the UK once I got there. Yeah. But, 
But anyway, so that was a drive for me. I would have gotten a master's degree eventually, but I did it sooner than later because of, yeah, the earning potential. Yeah. That, I really that was secondary for. Yeah. for me. I was like, oh, and I could make more money if I go yeah, get this yeah. degree? Okay. Mind you, don't look into how much it costs exactly. to get, you know, like I, I didn't look into that. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. No problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But when I was at LSC, so I was always very confident, you know, in my grades, academics. When I got there, girl... Mm, competitive uh it was so yeah i was not i was no longer like the smart one in the class i was Um, no longer like in the top i felt like a very average if that because everyone they were so brilliant think about it they're picking from like all over the world right wow that was a culture shock too yeah it humbled me (laughs) i can't i mean hey sometimes we just need to be humbled yeah, but wow. I finished. I cried. I never Heck cried yeah. for school in my life until I got there. And I was oh, like, I cried all the time. I got to pass. Yeah. I was like, I got to pass. And I can't afford yeah. to like well, yeah. go another year abroad and retake. There's just no way I That's could fail. Nuts. Like for me, graduate school was so much easier. Wow. It was, had, like, like, it was like, oh, this is Kate. Like, facile, mm-hmm. facile, 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 because I enjoyed it. That's so interesting. And I was like, oh, I can write about these topics. I can talk about these topics. I can research these topics. Like, this is where I'm meant to be. It was fantastic. Undergrad, not so much. Undergrad was like my social development. And I didn't party. Like, I wasn't wasn't like that at all. It was like, I just had a lot of fun with my my best friend who I met. And she was like first gen too, but she wasn't a Latina. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that was when I first, when, when I realized that like, just because you aren't of the same culture doesn't oh, mean yeah. you don't have the same kind of like struggles and yeah. like upbringing and stuff like that. And she's, you know, still my best friend. But it's like we met in that first class and it was like – That's so friend. That's I'm like, I and, and everyone <laughs> – and, and like she's she's white, right? Mm-hmm. So she's 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 um from Kosovo. But, you know, she's European. She's white. And like everyone else in our class was white. But like – I wouldn't look at her and say you're you're white. Like I we we were just next to each other and we were just like friend f- friend friend mm-hmm. friends. Like we felt most alike even though we are polar opposites. Yeah. Like she's tall. Oh. <laughs> she's you know fair skinned, light hair, I'm short. <laughs> tan, dark hair like polar opposites. But I mean, she opened my world up to a different which is not what I was used to. Yeah. Like, I was used to people like me mm-hmm. in my environment. No, it was the same, actually, my best friend till this day. I met Shamila at Drew. And it was through our English writing class. Believe it or not, they put the Newark, New Jersey kid with someone from Afghanistan, the same level of writing. Um, so that is how I met her. And I became friends with her because I remember her struggling in class yeah. in terms of typing. Yeah. We get a laptop, actually, at Drew, when you got it oh. to school, you got a laptop, yeah. So, like, she was, like, struggling to, like, type. And I was, like, I want to be her friend. I want to help right, her. Right, right. Um, Adona didn't have a book. She <laughs> she didn't buy her book yet. Or she, like, she knew about renting books mm-hmm. and, like, loaner books. And I bought all my books new, which is dumb, dumb, yeah. dumb, well, dumb. You don't know anything but she had – but she her older brother was at MSU, too. So he would walk her to class and pick her up from class. So it was, like, me, Adona, and her brother. And we were just, like, always she's, – she's my friend. So and cute. it was, like – she was like, can I – that's how we became friends because she was like, can I share your book with you? I was like, yes, let's oh. be friends. And that was – that was it. But to your point though, like earlier, like that's despite where you – you know, because we're – again, she's coming from Afghanistan all over. Right, right, right. student. And like 
we just share those so many values. Values. Like prioritizing education. Yeah. Supporting your family. Yeah. Like there was just so much that just clicked for us. Yeah. Um, And then immediately you find, it's like your safety. Like I think of her and I look at that friendship and it's like such a beautiful friendship, but Mm -hmm. she was my safety person. She was safe. Yeah. Even though we spoke different languages, like, but like she was my safe person. And then I drew it. Actually, I just remember like it didn't help though because she has, she's, she's brown, like she's tan, she's dark hair, Mm -hmm. but because her school was so white. Like, when we would hang out, they'd be like, you guys are sisters. And we'd always roll our eyes, like, just because we're tan and have dark hair doesn't mean we're all, like, from the same place. Oh, my God. <laughs> they would never confuse a Don and I for sisters. <laughs> so we would get that a lot. Yeah. I but. mean, it was, it was, it was great. I mean, it was, it was great. It's, it's, but again, I landed, just to circle back, like, I landed in things pretty accidentally. Mm-hmm. But I, too, believe that, like, when it's for you, it's yeah. for you. And, like, Everything that I've ever dreamed of wanting to have a fulfilled life and, like, experiences I have had. Yeah. And I believe – that's why, like, when things go wrong, I'm like, no, no. Oh, yeah. Things are for me. It's okay. The universe knows. Yeah. Yeah. If it's for you, it's for you. I completely agree. Yeah. But on that note, we're going to wrap up. Yeah. This was great. We will continue our talks. Until next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.